It's time to take a journey to find your courage, break through your limits, and master your destiny. It's time for Ken D. Foster's Voices of Courage. Ken brings you some of the most courageous people on the planet that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. It's time to see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. It's time for Voices of Courage. And here's your host, Ken D. Foster. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. This is Ken D. Foster, and I'm so glad you joined me today. I have a question to ask you. Are you charged with creative life, sustaining energy in your body? Do you feel awake, alert, and ready to take on the day when you wake up? You know, are you inspired? Do you feel on purpose? Well, today the show is all about creating positive environments in business and actually in all areas of your life so that you thrive in ways that you may have never thought possible. So I wanna welcome you to this show. Today we're calling this show The Courage to Create Positive Environments. And listen to this. From Gen X, Gen Z, Millenniums, Baby Boomers, and anybody else you could think of out there, we all have one thing in common. We all want to feel good, and we all want to be happy. But what stops us from feeling good and being happy? Well, of course, there are many reasons, but there's primarily two reasons that I want to discuss with you in this first segment. And that is not paying attention to your inner environment, what you're thinking, how that thinking is impacting your emotions, how those emotions are impacting your actions, how those actions are impacting your life and your destiny. So the inner environment. And the second is not paying attention to what's going on outside of yourself, right? What you are generating as a result of your thinking. You know, we as a species are driven with passion and purpose. That's, that's natural to all of us. Um, but if you're not living a life that you really love and you're not feeling inspired on a consistent basis, I mean really inspired, then there's something off. So how do you find this thing that's kind of off? And I, and I know I'm relating to a bunch of you out there. I know that some of you are feeling, yeah, there's just something that's not there. I've felt passion in my life before. I've felt purpose. But right now, there's something a little off. So let me give you some advice on this. And um, I don't want to be too preachy with you, but I've gone through this over the last 24 years with literally thousands of coaching clients and talks and everything I've done, right? Um, so I want to say this. What makes us happy is always an inside job, right? But I want to say this. The inside job has to do with what you are talking to yourself about, what you are connecting with your mind about. And we do this by asking questions. In fact, I wrote a book years ago called Ask and You Will Succeed. And in that book, there were a thousand and one extraordinary questions, quite frankly, in to create a life that would take you to the next level. And those questions were in 35 different categories of life, all right? But today, I just want you to think of this. Let's take some small steps. Um, so let me ask you a couple questions, if you really want to be happy. Just ask yourself, what drives you? 
what do you want out of life? What are you willing to give to life? What do you care about the most? You know, what are your next steps in your evolution? And here's a deep question you may want to think about. <laughs> you, may, you may want to really think about this. What is really at the core of your soul driving you? You know, that's a lot of questions. So some of you might want to play this recording back a few times to capture these, but here's the point. The point is, is that that inside environment can be changed almost instantly if you set your intention and if you take daily steps towards changing the inside. The outer environments will change, of course, as you get clear with what's going on inside. Now, listen, a lot of you are going, I don't know if I want to do this kind of work. I don't even want to think about this stuff. This, this is like, this is way over the top for me. And I get it. You know, I get it. But here's the thing. Some of you are in a place where it's uncomfortable. Maybe you don't have the right amount of money flowing into your bank account. Maybe the relationship isn't working. Maybe the health is failing. Maybe there's a, a, a strain in your family. You know, these are all signs that we need to change something, change something on the inside. And, you know, if you want to change, it's really not that great a big thing to do, okay? What do you do, right? Listen, all it is is setting your intention today. Today's the day I'm going to make the change in whatever area that you want to make a change in. And then what you're going to do is you're going to set up a commitment for every day for the next, let's just say 20 days. Every day for the next 20 days, track your strengths, your brilliance, your genius, your power, your passion. Focus on your strengths. Focus on what you are all about. Who are you? What are you passionate about? What's your purpose about? Focus on that and see what happens. I've had individuals tell me, that after doing that exercise for a period of 20, 25 days, it's like taking a dark pair of sunglasses off. And all of a sudden, they see things that they've never been able to see before. They do things that they've never been able to do before. And they become this incredible person filled with passion and power. So I hope that's you. I hope that you will take my advice on that. And also, I wrote a book. I want to tell you a little bit about it. You'll hear some commercials on it as we go along. But listen, the book I wrote was called, is called The Courage to Change Everything. It's coming out here on the 22nd of October. And it's uh, a book that took me about six years to write this one. My seventh book. And listen, I wrote it for you. I wrote it for individuals that are, that are busy, that want more success in their life, that really want to take their life to the next level, but they don't have a lot of time in the day. Well, I know this. If you drip astute wisdom on your mind every single day and you have the success principles that you can follow every day and you take specific actions every single day towards your dreams, you, in fact, will change over time and you'll look back and go, this is beyond belief. I can't believe that I've changed this much. So I wrote the book for that. They're daily strategies and essential wisdom to awaken that inner genius within inside of you. You can get it at CourageToChange.us. That's CourageToChange.us. There are a few bonuses on that uh, 
If you go uh, in the uh, pre-launch uh, time, there's some bonuses for you. So uh, go to CourageToChange.us and check that out. All right. I want to say this. I am really excited today because I've got uh, a couple of amazing guests coming on this show today. I'm bringing you two guests who have discovered how to live a courageous life with passion and purpose. My first guest is Dr. Kent Wessinger. He has a new book out, and wait till you hear his story. And most likely, you're going to be inspired to make a few changes in your life. I know I, I was when I started reading about what he's been up to, and, and that's why I bring him on. And my second guest is Peter J. Brown. He's a director, a cinematographer who has lived a life of adventure, producing shows such as Real People, Entertainment Tonight, and get this, he's got a new film coming out, Echo Terrorist, The Battle for Our Planet. I saw the preview. It's powerful. You're going to want to see this too. He's my second guest. He'll, he'll be coming up in just a moment. In the meantime, I'm going to take a break and we will be right back. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. The most talented athletes in the world rely on a coach to get better. And the most successful business people do the same. I have found working with Ken D. Foster to be an extraordinary experience. He helped me to expand my vision, increase profits, and showed me the way to have more fulfillment and success in my life. Ken D. Foster is the coach's coach for business and life. He has been nicknamed the coach of the successful and wealthy. Ken is an instrumental part of my team and the success I have generated over the past 12 months. Ken gave me the strategies to increase productivity, reduce turnover, and take my business to the next level. So what's holding you back? Ken D. Foster is a master business coach with proven strategies to dramatically increase efficiency and productivity while maximizing individual development and fulfillment. Explore your possibilities. For a free consultation, log on to KenDFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and reemerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760-814-8214. 760-814-8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation. We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting VoicesOfCourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Well, I am back, and uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Voices of Courage. If you're new to the show, get ready to see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. And if you are enjoying the content on my show, I want to let you know that we just picked up a new affiliate. 
And it's uh, talk, talk Radio New York City. So you can find them at talkradio.nyc. They're an online station dedicated to empowering, uplifting, and educating their listeners for uh, in a variety of areas. And uh, of course, they're, they bring in local New York professionals. So you're going to get what's going on in New York. Uh, they talk about business, nonprofits, consciousness, and personal development. Again, it's talkradio.nyc. All right, today the show is The Courage to Create Positive Environments, and my guest uh, this morning is Dr. Wessinger. And Dr. Wessinger is a individual who has a new book out called Bridges Over Ladders, uh, Create a Future with Millennials. Um, that's, that's cool, okay. And uh, Dr. Wessinger uh, has done comprehensive research on conflict and influence of millennials on corporate, organizational, and cultural structures. He's received global recognition with nearly 25,000 participants. Further, the outcomes of the research project have made Dr. Wessinger a highly sought-after speaker in the financial services, manufacturing, and organizational sections. Dr. Wessinger... Kent, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. I'm honored to be on the show today. Hey, man, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. This is uh, this is great, and um, we, uh, uh, you know, millennials are are interesting group, aren't they? Uh, we hear they a lot are of, indeed. <laughs> we hear a lot <laughs> about them. Um, how do you, you know? One of the things that I think the first thing I think when I think millennials is they are coming in, they kind of do what they want to do. They don't really like rules that much. They like to uh, do their own thing. You know, how do you retain a millennial employee when millennials are leaving their companies? Well, Ken, the, the online research project that I have, um, and before I answer that question, if you would just give me the liberty to, to tell you where this data is coming from, because um, one of the things that we struggle with with millennials and maybe the reason why there is a lot of information or misinformation out there about millennials is the fact that the overwhelming majority of books that you would find published on millennials are published from a small sample size or people are writing from a, a, a position of just, you know, a small personal perspective or what they maybe have observed on a news outlet or you know, wherever they've picked up this information. And recognizing that one of the things that I wanted to do that I thought was imperative was that I needed to develop, because I'm an academic by trade, I needed to develop a research project that would bring forth the first-hand voice of millennials in contrast with the first-hand voice of non-millennials, baby boomers and Gen X, so that we could take that contrast and we could use that contrast to develop accurate trajectories of growth moving forward in the future. Because um, I have noticed uh, a lot of books that are written on millennials that are endorsed by some of the who's who of our organizational corporate structures around the world. And I have been a little bit disturbed and burdened, if you will, over the fact that there are trajectories of growth being developed based on this small sample size. Um, as you mentioned, we have over 25,000 participants. I will tell you as of today, because we've had a great influx of participants just in the last two months, we have over 32,000 people in this research project from 22 nations around the world that are speaking into this research project, which just gives you an idea of the, not only the need, 
but also the interest that's in this in this subject matter. And so back to your question about yeah. what retains more. Yes, sir. Yeah. That, okay. So uh, yeah, go ahead back to the question real quick. But I want to I want to back up a little bit too. I want to mm -hmm. know a little bit about the research project and what specifically outcomes are you looking for um, with it with the project? Why did it start and why why are you doing this? We we started it three years ago. And the reason that I did start it was because I did notice there was a, a, just a plethora of information on millennials. And I have three millennial children. So it would have been very easy for me to write a book based on what I observed with my children. But that, that, does, not, that does not qualify me or that does not put the information in a perspective that gives us the ability to develop an accurate trajectory of growth moving forward for our organization. And so the objective of the, the research project is to secure growth and fortify profitability with millennial employees, customers, and members. But we wanted to do this using first-hand voice and a large sample size. And like I just said, over 32,000 people are speaking into this project right now. And the way that it's set up, Ken, is we have two online surveys that you can find at createelevate.com. Uh, One is wait, a millennial wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, hold on. You went over that okay. really fast. Say that, say that, okay. spell that out. Okay. Um, there's two online surveys that you can find on our website. It's the cre it's create, C-R-E-A-T-E, -E, the letter, the number two, elevate, E-L-E-V-A-T-E dot -E -E com. You can find those surveys on the elevate, the create to elevate dot com website. Okay, so thank and you for that. All right, so let me let me ask you're welcome. You, let me ask you a couple mm -hmm. of specific questions. All right, mm -hmm. you're doing this survey with millennials. You're finding out about them. I guess my question is, you know, what uh, what? How do we inspire passion, drive, and focus in them to secure growth for millennial, you know, employees, their customers, and you know, members of our society? How do, how do we do that? What what's the research telling us? The first question in the survey, now remember, there's 30 questions in the survey. The same questions are asked to millennials to non-millennials. The first question in the survey says this, what is the first word that comes to your mind when you think of a millennial? The top three answers in both surveys have not changed in three years with 32,000 participants. From the non-millennial perspective, from baby boomers and Gen X, I call them BXers, entitled, lazy, and selfish are the top three answers in the survey. And remember, that has not changed in three years. The top three answers in the millennial survey, in other words, what they see in themselves is innovative, creative, smart. Now, when we, we contrast entitled, lazy, selfish with innovative, creative, smart, we're talking about a different species of people, a different employee base, a different member base, a different customer base. And so then the question becomes, how do we, if millennials aren't entitled lazy and selfish, which is the, the, the commonly held perspective about millennials, how do we tap into innovative, creative, smart? How, because a trajectory of growth that is going to substantiate and have sustainable value of growth and profitability moving forward has an employee base that's innovative, creative, smart. Well, what the research tells us is this, that the average millennial is moving from job to job on an average of every 16 months. And because they're moving from job to job on an average of every 16 months, it's put a great degree of 
dysfunction within our organizational and our corporate structures. So then the question became, why are millennials moving job to job every 16 months? And it goes back right to the heart of your question. Millennials, the research shows us that millennials, whether we like it or not, millennials are expecting, wanting, and desiring a voice in the trajectory of growth moving forward with their organization. And I've coined a phrase, and I think it kind of, it just makes sense when you see the, the entire research project in, in the book, Bridges Over Ladders, it is that no one knows a millennial like a millennial. So if we're not retaining our millennial employees, if we're not giving them a voice in the creative, innovative, smart process, then what we're also not doing is we're also not tapping into a millennial customer base. And so it's, the research shows us that it is absolutely imperative in all of our corporate and organizational structures that we increase the retention rates with millennials if we expect to have a millennial customer base. And that millennial customer base is a whole other subject matter in itself, Ken. I mean, there, there's well, a lot know, of attributes yeah. assigned there. Yeah, as you describe millennials, um, you almost described me when I was young. And uh, I, I, uh, I was definitely an entrepreneur coming in and, um, you know, I went from job to job to job and I couldn't figure out what was going on. But the, the truth was a lot of what you're saying. I didn't, uh, there wasn't a place to uh, really hear my voice. Um, I wanted to have an input. I wanted to own stock in the companies. I wanted to move up. And when I found those companies, which eventually I did, um, I accelerated in them, but it took a while to do that. So, um, I think that that's going on for, uh, you know, those old guys, baby boomers like me that can really relate to what you're saying with millennials. Um, mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. In fact, uh, actually, I'm going to have to take a break here. But when I come back from the break, um, I want to uh, talk about millennials uh, and how their housing, their politics, their, their worship. I want to find out what your, what your research says about that. So I've got to take a break. We'll be right back. And uh, we're talking with Dr. Kent Wessinger, and you can find his new book, by the way, we'll talk about that too, Bridges Over Ladders, and I believe you can find that. Uh, well, let, where is that book at, uh, Dr. It, it's on Amazon, Amazon.com. Okay, okay, we'll be right back, we'll talk more about that, all right. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's thecouragetochangeeverything.com. If you're an author, speaker, or organization committed to changing the world and you need a partner to support you with PR, your website, or social media, 
Wasabi Publicity is the perfect fit. Wasabi Publicity works with companies and individuals committed to doing good in the world. Everything they do is instilled with passion, impact, and brilliance. Go to wasabipublicity.com. That's wasabipublicity.com to schedule a call with Wasabi CEO, Drew Gerber. We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Okay, I'd like to welcome everybody back. The show today is all about the courage to create positive environments. We're talking about millennials right now with Dr. Kent Wessinger, and I'll get back with Kent in just a second. I want to just make a quick mention. If you are a woman in the San Diego area, uh, please listen up for a second. There's an organization out here called Women's Wisdom, which has been assisting women business owners to not only grow their businesses, but to grow their lives since 1991. They have the uh, top speakers in the nation come through uh, uh, every month. Uh, most of the, in fact, so many of their speakers have been on Oprah. I've seen their list. It's been amazing uh, what uh, the speaker list is. But truly, they are San Diego's premier networking organization for purpose-driven, soul-inspired women. I hope you'll check them out. also want to truly thank all of you that are tuning in and letting your, show, uh, your friends know about our show here. Uh, let's see. What am I doing this week? This week, I'm giving away my Release, Renew, Evolve program. Uh, which uh, clears subconscious blocks to your own success. If you're getting kind of stuck in some areas, this program will really help you. It's a $200 value. I'm just giving it away to you uh, for anybody that uh, goes over and purchases my new book, The Courage to Change Everything. You can find it on CourageToChange.us, CourageToChange.us. Also, uh, if you're not already, if you want to become an insider in our program, just go to VoicesOfCourage.us and joined uh, our insider group. You'll be glad you did. We give free tickets away. We give uh, uh, programs away. We give a lot of stuff. Our, our, our guests come in with lots of giveaways. So I hope uh, you'll join our insider club so that you can be part of that also. Alrighty, back to my show here. And uh, I am speaking right now to Dr. Wessinger, and he's done comprehensive research on conflict and in uh, conflict uh, and influence of the millennials on the corporate uh, environments, and of course on how it's impacting all of us in society. Mm-hmm. So we're, I wanted to drive that question back. You know, uh, really, what's the truth about millennials in politics and uh, with their uh, their religion, their worship, with their with their with you know? I, I hear they're rejecting housing and. What's going on with these guys? Yeah, okay. We'll start with politics. (laughs) I think that one of the things that um, has been openly and widely assumed is the fact that millennials, and I'm just going to speak it as it is because it is just, it's very black and white in the research that has over 32,000 voices speaking into it. It's very widely assumed that millennials are predominantly Democrats. But remember, 32,000 voices in the research project, there, there are several questions that are politically based. And one of the most emphatically answered questions in the entire survey is about politics. And, and basically the question says this, do you have a political affiliation or is there a political party that meets or aligns itself with your perspective and your social values? 
68% of the voices of the respondents in the survey says there is no political party that I align with or and there's no and there's no political party that is aligned to my values which tells us that there is a phenomenal opportunity for a political party to reach into this particular demographic who has the highest annual purchasing power ever accorded who is the benefactors of the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of humanity that's already going on who is the highest educated demographic that we've ever known. I can go on and on about well, the demographic. That, that, that begs me to ask you this then, what are the values of the millennials that uh, this uh, political party could take advantage of or maybe, uh, maybe flip the other way that the millennials could support? What are the values that the millennials could support in the world that, uh, that isn't right there with the, the current political parties? The, the research shows us that the, that millennials, one of the identity factors that we have that we have kind of unpacked in the research project is that millennials by nature, and it's number one in their identity, are holistic. In other words, millennials really don't want to leave anybody behind. Millennials, you know, why I've named the book this, millennials have rejected this ladder mentality that I'm going to climb one rung at a time at the end of my ladder or at the top of my ladder. I'm going to have a pot of gold for me to retire on or live the remainder of my life with. Instead, millennials are building bridges to all different communities, all different settings, all different nations, because millennials see that people are getting left behind. Now, I think that's one of the widely assumed assumptions that people have made why millennials are Democrats, but the research emphatically shows that they're not. So if there was one thing that a political party could do um, that we see from their coming, it's coming out of this research, is just a wide breadth of compassion toward all people groups and try to elevate the lives of all people groups instead of just a select few. Well, that's interesting. You know, I think I think on our political scene right now, uh, there's a few candidates that come to mind that uh, could actually tap into that. But I think the one that uh, uh, seems to come to the forefront of my my thought is Marianne Williamson. So, um, mm, yes, yeah. So in, interesting. Anyway, okay. So what about uh, what about re- let's touch some other pieces. How about religion? What, what are these? What are the millennials uh, doing with their religion, or do they have a religion? There, there's a couple questions. There's three questions, actually, to be exact, in the survey about religion and faith and houses of worship. And just to, uh, in a nutshell, what the research shows us is that millennials aren't necessarily rejecting religion. They're not rejecting a particular faith. But what millennials, what the research shows us is that our mainline faiths really aren't making an effort to be relevant to this particular demographic. And I think that one of the things that we find is that when these houses of worship are making a strategic and intentional effort to be relevant to the millennial customer base, we are seeing millennials respond in great volume. And we see that happening all over the country and all over the world. And so I'm just going to encourage all the leaders of houses of worship, and I'm going to ask you this question if you're listening. Do you have an intentional strategy? to reach millennials. And if you don't have an intentional strategy to reach millennials, why not? And I'm not just speaking that to leaders of houses of worship. I'm speaking that to C-suite executives, owners, managers, leaders of all kinds. Because the research project shows us that overwhelmingly, not just houses of worship, but our corporate structures and our organizational structures do not have intentional strategies 
to, to reach millennial employees and customers. Okay. That's good. All right. So let me ask you a couple of uh, questions here as I'm just about out of time here. Uh, mm -hmm. Financial priorities for millennials. What's that? What's, uh, what's going on financially for them? Wow. And that, that's, a, that's a fantastic question that um, I think kind of rocks the wealth management, wealth management sector. Um, by, an, by a mile, and a lack of a better way to say it, um, in the research project, 39% when we're talking about a financial breakdown, and this, this is the number one answer, my millennials' number one financial responsibility, fear, concern, and priority is all around student loan debt. And it's one of the reasons why, here's where we can marry our political parties with our millennial demographic, is the fact that millennials are very concerned about their student loan debt and the volume of their student loan debt. In contrast, in contrast to baby boomers and Gen X, the, the, the highest and the top financial priority is savings and retirement. As a matter of fact, savings and retirement only has about 2% of the respondents with, with millennials. Um, one of the things that, that troubles me most is that entrepreneurship has been, has just fallen off a cliff with millennials. Um, financially, we only see about 1% of millennials that, that, that qualify or classify entrepreneurship at the top of their financial perspective. So to answer your question, student loan debt is a cog in the financial perspective of millennials. Wow. Okay. I get it. Well, listen, I'm out of time, but uh, I have to say I could go on for another two hours uh, with a deep dive in this, um, but I do want to recommend uh, Bridges Over Ladders. This is Dr. Wessinger's new book, Bridges Over Ladders. You can get it on Amazon. And also, if you want to create, uh, take his survey, you can go to create to the number two, elevate.com, create to elevate.com. Kent, any final thoughts? Give millennials a voice and recognize that our greatest opportunity of growth in our lifetime may rest with the millennial demographic. And when we can wrap our minds around that, we're going to see culture change and we're going to see significant growth. And in our corporate environments, we're going to see profitability. Give millennials a voice because no one knows a millennial like a millennial. I love it. All righty. Well, thank you so much for being here, and I really appreciate it. If you'd like to hold on and listen to the rest of the show, that's great. Otherwise, um, I uh, look forward to connecting with you soon, and maybe we can have you back uh, in uh, in a few months to uh, tell us what uh, what else you found with this survey. I think it'd be really great to do that. Sounds great. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thank you. All righty. Take care. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and reemerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment 
Center, accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760-814-8214. 760-814-8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation. Hi, this is Ken D. Foster. Are you an author or would-be author? If so, a few of my New York Times best-selling author friends, some of my book marketing strategist friends, and I are going to be teaching you how to write, market, and launch your book to bestseller status. And get this, no cost to you. You're going to learn from the experts that I use, their formulas, and their simple steps to make your book a bestseller. So find out how to do this at courage to change.us forward slash invite courage to change.us forward slash invite there are i think we have 12 master teachers in the class right now you're going to learn things you never knew about book marketing i can tell you that because i've been marketing books for the last 15 years and i've learned a whole bunch from the experts that i brought on hope you'll join us at courage to change.us we're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting VoicesOfCourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome you back. Again, the name of the show today is The Courage to Create Positive Environments. And uh, before I get to my guest, uh, Peter J. Brown, which I can hardly wait to, Peter, I uh, see you there smiling at me. All right. Um, I want to I mention a couple things. Uh, first of all, I'd like to let you know that if you're an author and you have a book out there, I um, have brought together a few of my New York Times bestselling author friends, a couple of my business strategists and marketing strategists. And uh, what they're doing is they're teaching a class on how to write, market, and sell and launch your book to best-selling status. There's no cost to you at all for this. I've just brought the ones that have helped me over the years. I believe in giving back to you. And um, so if that's uh, an interest to you, I've got these amazing speakers on the masterclass. You can learn from them, their formulas, their strategies, and whatever you need to build your uh, business around your book. I, I have one uh, person that, uh, uh, Marcy Shymoff came in there. Marcy sold 16 million books, something like that. And she gives you the exact strategies she uses to create and turn out books in, uh, in a very short period of time. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I won't give away the strategy, but you wanna see Marcy Shymoff. We also have Robert Allen on there. Robert's got several New York Times bestselling books. Um, one of which was called no, Nothing Down, uh, that he sold millions of those books. So anyway, check them out. There's some really great people on that, and I hope you'll uh, check it out at couragetochange.us forward slash invite. That's couragetochange.us forward slash invite. All right. Well, Peter, welcome to the show. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for having me. Hey, listen, thank, I don't know where you are. you out on the ship right now? Where are you? I'm actually uh, in a gale force wind in Friday Harbor, Washington, but I'm on a little boat that we're saving orcas. <laughs> I love that. That is so good. Well, let me let me give you a uh, an introduction, and um, I think that uh, you, your your resume is so long. Hopefully, I won't uh, mess it up too much. But Peter J. Brown has been called the echo terrorist as a result of more than 30 years of work as an environmentalist. 
most notably with the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society. And whether you call aggressive tactics like ramming major whaling vessel, vessels in international waters or stopping the clubbing of baby seals, the fact remains that uh, Peter uh, is, in, is a, uh, a conservatist and a filmmaker, and he's, he's really passionate about life and the environment. In fact, this whole show, when I thought about this show, I thought about, yeah, let's create positive environments inside and out so that we can all thrive in the coming uh, decades. Uh, and I'll go into later some of the other things you've, you've done. You know, you've, you've been on, uh, so you've created so many movies and entertainment tonight, and you've been uh, with, uh, with uh, created something with Oprah I read there. You know, you, you well, might know I, a little bit about that. What'd you do with that? Well, you know, I, I don't think I actually, I think I worked on a show from Afghanistan that was on the Oprah show. Okay, maybe that's what uh, it was. From Mary McMakin, but it, I did a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so the battle for our planet, is this real? Uh, I think the battle for the planet is real, and listening to your last guest, Millennials, uh, over 40 years of my doing this, we've always had young crews, whether they were millennials or called other things during the years. I'm uh, definitely a baby boomer over the edge, as they say. But we've, I've worked with young people for 40 years, and quite frankly, I find them all the same. And even now, the ones now, the young people we've been meeting recently on this ORCA project are extremely motivated because they realize more than anything that my generation blame me you know I'm a baby boomer and I'm doing what I can but their generation needs to step up and actually do things or we're in real trouble when it comes to the environment um, I'm a conservationist believe in wild I believe in wild keeping things wild so you know the rest of it is just politics in my opinion well you you and I are, are uh, kindred spirits in that in that realm and and I believe that I like what you have to say, you know, people are, you know, they come on your ship, they, you know, the, you bring on people that are passionate, I'm sure, about life, passionate about uh, saving the environment, working in the environment, being a conservationist. Um, so I think that doesn't surprise me uh, that you're getting some, the people are a lot, a lot the same. Um, so let's, let, I'm going to talk a little bit about what is going on out there in your world with the uh, conservation efforts. What's, what's happening for you? What, do you? what are you involved in right now? Well, presently, um, I've kind of gone back to my roots. I've helped groups like Sea Shepherd over the years uh, build up to a, a television show called Whale Wars, which I think, uh, because of the influx in money and the new ships and everything, uh, caused them more trouble than they're worth. I think that uh, even they are paying the Japanese whalers $2.5 million to, to, to solve a legal case is unbelievably blasphemous and it's very, you know, even thinking about it, give it up, in my opinion. I don't care how much you think the organization's worth, it's time to give it up. And I just decided at that time, it's time to go back to the grassroots. Many of my people involved now are old friends of mine who are willing to volunteer. I volunteered for 40 years, and I'm still doing it. I was lucky enough to be a TV director doing all those horrible shows we talk about. But, uh, and my film, Eco-Terrorist Battle for the Planet, is, uh, is about this. It's what the difference between what I call old days and uh, what's happening today. And I'm positive in what's happening because I think people are seeing it and they're going away from what I call the ego corporations and doing things themselves. There's lots to do. Get involved. 
There is lots of delightful change. Yeah, you know, this the 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 name of my show, of course, is Voices of Courage, and I believe we do need to step up and be a lot more courageous. You know, I, I always ask people, you know, if you're courageous today, what would you do? And I think I see you talk about realistic environmentalism. Let's talk about that. Um, what does that mean to you, and and how can people really get involved today? Um, well, realistic environmentalism is getting everyone together. You just can't look at the extremes, although that's what I've done all my life. You kind of try to bring the middle ground along. And I think realistic thing is on the ground. Here in, in Friday Harbor, we're trying to uh, keep the people off the back of the orcas. There's laws protecting them, but people want to get close and have a whale experience. And unfortunately, they're loving them to death. And what we're trying to do in our little group, which is called Gaia Network, net is we're setting up a, a neighborhood watch program that they can watch these areas and then the police and others can see what's going on because you know quite frankly I'm not making a judgment but I do believe these whales quite frankly should be left alone and they're going extinct we got to get over it and young people more than ever now see that they are getting on board I think that they, they realize how important the wilderness is that's good you know? You know, it reminds me of a story. I was in uh, Hawaii in uh, the Big Island, and there's a place on the Big Island called Two-Step where people can go and swim with the dolphins. And I remember an environmentalist there, when I went down to go do that, he, meet, he greeted me right at the steps before I went in the ocean. And he says, hey, listen, I want to educate you on how to approach the dolphins, when to approach the dolphins, um, and how close to get, and you know, what, what will in, impact them in a negative way. And, you know, it, it, was, it was educational. I had no idea prior to that. But that man being there just, and he wasn't uh, uh, hired by anybody. He was just a man that wanted, that kept, had a concern for the environment and for the dolphins and, and did that. So I, I think that uh, what we're talking about here is, you know, there's, there's a way to become proactive doing what you can. Is that, that what you, that's what you're saying, I guess. Every, everybody can do something to help out, even little things, just even in a nice way. You don't have to be, I always said, people say, well, you laugh all the times, your movies are funny. By the way, uh, see the movie, you'll find it somewhat humorous. <laughs> and uh, you don't have to be angry to be a, an, an environmental person. You can kind of be a happy person because all the people out there who, who want to save the dolphins and love the whales, they're not the people I'm trying to meet. I'm trying to meet the people who don't really know anything. Most of it's ignorance. And if you can reach those people in a way that you can convince them that, hey, yeah, we got to keep those things around. The workers here were residents before the people were here. And I said, you can convince those people who are again, you, as I say, then you're really doing something in life. You know and what I love about what you just said is that I meet a lot of people that, uh, let's say, love the dolphins. In fact, there's a whole group in San Diego that meet, and they love the dolphins, and um, that's great, but I love what you just said. You know, it's great to have the, your support group, but go out and find the people that don't love the dolphins and, and talk to them and educate them. I think that's practical uh, uh, advice. I think it's good advice. Yeah, and you don't have to do it by throwing blood on them and things. You can do it by just discussing it with them and not being totally, absolutely crazy. You know, we live on this earth. You know, I'm in a boat. I burn diesel fuel, unfortunately. But without it, I couldn't catch the bad guys. <laughs> couldn't catch the bad guys. I love that. Okay, listen, I got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk to you about the breaking point. Are we at the breaking point? And if so... 
how 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 do we change this around? So we'll be right back. Okay. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life, and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity, or increase your courage, step into your power, and forge into the unknown, where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's thecouragetochangeeverything.com. If you, your company, or organization is out to change the world and you need a team that produces results to take your message to the next level, Wasabi Publicity is the perfect fit. Recognized by PR Week and Good Morning America for its innovative business practices, Wasabi Publicity works with companies and individuals committed to doing good in the world. Whether it's creating an engaging website, building a passionate social media tribe, or connecting their clients with top media influencers like Good Morning America, the New York Times, and Oprah. Everything they do is instilled with passion, impact, and brilliance. If you're an author, speaker, or organization committed to changing the world, and you need a partner to support you with PR, your website, or social media, go to wasabipublicity.com. That's wasabipublicity.com. To schedule a call with Wasabi CEO, Drew Gerber. We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Okay, welcome back, everybody. This is Ken D. Foster, your host for the Voices of Courage show. And, of course, today we're talking about the courage to create positive environments as my guest, I have Peter J. Brown. He's an echo terrorist, and he's got a got a new movie out there that uh, we're talking about. And um, I just before we get into the movie, though, I wanted to talk to you. Are we at the breaking point right now with this environment? What's going on? Well, first of all, I'm not an echo terrorist. The echo terrorists are out there destroying the environment. <laughs> That's a joke I make. But okay. on the other part, are we have we have certainly reached a somewhat tipping point. I mean, the three laws of nature are interdependence, biodiversity, and finite resources. And all three of those we've pretty much wiped out. And so the people now have got to, instead of getting despair and thinking, oh gosh, you know, technology's going to save us. How's technology done so far? I ask people. But the thing to do is to get involved. Get involved locally. Get involved where you live. Support things that you believe in. Um, you don't have to support with money. Show up and clean a park. Uh, you know, you will find when you take these stances, sometimes against everyone else's, that sooner or later someone will join you, and then that, that other person will join you, and pretty soon you'll have a movement. And that's the way we're going to win this thing. We can't depend on governments, obviously. We can't depend on corporations. 
You know, the EPA has been gutted, and who can we depend on? Well, we can depend on us. And, you know, quite frankly, the tougher it gets, the tougher we should get, because it's all worth it to have, I have grandkids, maybe I want to have their have kids, you know, I want this to be wilderness. We have to come to some sort of sanity and all get involved. And I think now's the time. Go for it. That's good. You know, one of the things I like to uh, uh, express on this show is uh, understanding the mindset of what my, it drives my guests. And what I want to ask you a couple kind of intimate questions, because I want to get to your, your brain, your mind. What, you know, what, what is, what is driving you now? What, what are you passionate about? How, why, what do you wake up every morning and go, this is what inspires me. This is what drives life through me. Well, I'm kind of like a pit bull terrier of the environmental movement. I get my teeth into something and I don't want to let go. And um, I started this years ago and I've kept it up and I find that it gives me a reason to get up in the morning to actually get out and try to make this world a better place than it was when I came. And that's tough for me. Like I said, I'm a baby boomer. We were extremely destructive. And I try to be less destructive. I try to I try to motivate young people, especially these millennials. I don't find it's hard to motivate. You just got to give them something to do and give them hope that they can actually get involved and do something. And when they go into the wilderness and they realize that they're not the biggest thing out there, there's things out there that can eat you and stuff, it's a humbling experience for a human being. And they learn that this we're all part of this. And we've got to like take, we have to take responsibility. And I see them doing it. And I'm, I, I feel positive about it in most ways. That's good. So let me ask you another uh, question, Peter, uh, just kind of a personal note. And, you know, if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. But, uh, uh, what, Peter, you've accomplished so much in your life. You've done a lot of things that uh, are, are extraordinary. But what, who is the essence of, of, of Peter J. Brown? Who, what, who are you? <laughs> um. <laughs> I spent a lot of time uh, in the country of Afghanistan, not as a, a veteran, but as a filmmaker over the years. And I always used to say about the Afghan people, they make the very best friends and the very worst enemies. And I just think I'm somebody who is, has very high standards from my parents. My mother was German and my father was a World War II veteran and uh, of morality and ethics. And I just think that as we as human beings, when I tried to teach my kids things, I wanted to teach them to be human beings. And in my opinion, from what I've seen in my life, travel with indigenous tribes all over the world, that those people are human beings. And the further we get from nature, and the further we get from us being human beings, the less human we become. We're willing to bomb people from television sets in Florida. We're, you know, we're just going crazy, in my opinion. And people have to get out and, and meet one another. And I think that's, you know, that's important. And I find that's what keeps me going. And I find that's my essence: meeting people and trying to make this place a better place when I go. That's I don't want my grandkids pissing on my grave, so to speak. <laughs> don't blame me. I love it. Um, okay, uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the film. Can you talk uh, your, your the latest film, Echo Terrorists, uh, The Battle for mm -hmm. Our Planet? Uh, it's rele being released here this uh, in October. Um, yeah, it's being released digitally. iTunes, Amazon, I got a whole list. Instant okay, video, Google Play. Yeah, uh, I want to know where people can find it. 
Um, and it has a Facebook page of the same name, which I'm sure has all that information on it. But it, 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 it was released by Breaking Glass Pictures, a gentleman from Philadelphia who I liked right off the bat because it was a bit of a battle getting this film out. I ended up, uh, you know, severing my relationship with Sea Shepherd and um, when they sued me over not releasing it. And, um, uh, you know, I, well, Aaron, I said, you're from Philadelphia, Rich. I expected as much. <laughs> so I think it has something to say. It's a, it is a message film. It's, it's humorous. It has excitement. It will show people all this stuff. But in the end, it has something to say. And people really have to look at the passion that brought all these people to Sea Shepherd over the years. You know, Paul Watson is somewhat of a myth, you know. He never sank a whaling boat. He, you know, it's all these other people who volunteer their time and, and efforts over the years. And they're still doing it. They set up their own groups. That was an idea of the early Sea Shepherd days. And I think this film is saying that there is some worth and value in that in this day of what I call ego corporations where people are paying off, you know, lawsuits and owning ships and, you know, whatever that they really don't need to do what they need to do. And I just think it's time, especially with the young people I meet, these quote unquote millennials who I haven't quite figured out who they are. But then again, <laughs> I'm old. And these young people are just looking for some hope to how to get out there and change things. And, and they do have hope. I try to give them hope. I, I try to say, look what I've done over it. I'm just a little guy from East Ham, Massachusetts on Cape Cod. Who'd have thought? <laughs> That's good. Well, you know, it, it's, uh, and I should have brought this up with my uh, uh, previous guests, but, uh, you know, when we think about millennials, I mean, I think of... Uh, this group seems to be, have all the qualities of, uh, of entrepreneurship, you know, the creative mind, the inspiration, wanting to help others, being inclusive. Um, so God love them. Yeah, I, I, I love them, too. I just, I just think they're, uh, they're amazing. They're blessed. Um, okay, so uh, one last thing on the film. Um, but let me just jump in. You know, we were that way once. We were. And we still, yeah, I, still but, am. I don't know about you. Yeah, right? I feel that same way too. But you know, I, I started TV at 25 and I was producing major television. So I mean, we were all that way at one time. Somebody, if you were allowed to be, my feeling is if you were allowed to, if you were allowed to be, or, you know, for myself, I know I was, uh, I grew up with a lot of pre-programming. My, my, both my parents were uh, workers for the state and um, they weren't entrepreneurs. They didn't understand who I was or my thinking. And, I had I had some uh, run-ins with them because of that. But <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my world. My mom got it. My dad never did. But anyhow, that's another story. What were you going to ask? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So, um, um, so uh, the film itself. Uh, you said, yeah, give me, give me just a picture of what that film. You know, when I walk away from the theater, how am I going to walk away feeling? What, what do you, what do you say to that? I would like people to answer the question as I did, but I left the film originally with a question. Would Sea Shepherd ever be as effective as it was when it didn't have a pot to piss in, which is kind of a joke in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the day, we didn't. And, and they accomplished a lot. It wasn't Sea Shepherd. It was the idea of basically not only young people. You know, people talk about millennials. We have volunteers, even old guys like me. And you know, from all walks of life that just want to do something. And it was a way that people were allowed. It was an idea that people were allowed to get involved and actually do something. Peter, is there a tipping point you think uh, we need to have, you know, 100,000 uh, uh, conservationists or uh, 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 100 million? Is there a tipping point where you think 
this is going to shift. Consciousness is going to shift. So the well, well, I think I think consciousness is shifting in a way. I find it. My daughter lives in Texas, and I go down there and convert people every time I go. And <laughs> I love they it. all can't understand why they like me, but they all kind of end up agreeing. So I think it is shifting in a way. I think what we have to do instead of polarizing like our political scene and making vegans against animal rights people, we should all say it's our one earth. You know, we, we have to all do everything positive. You want to do your thing, go for it. You know, if I'm going to do my thing with orcas, I'll go for it. And I think, like I said, I think people can't have the fear. It's fear is the big thing. We are fighting, not me. I, my problem is I'm never afraid, which is I'm surprised why I'm still living. But I don't have that fear. That's why, quote, unquote, I've done so much, I guess. I just, that, what that, is it? That, that's a really good uh, thought. I'm almost out of time. Real quick on that fear thing. How do you, how do you navigate fear for yourself? I really don't have it. Once I decide I'm going to do something, I figure it's hoka hey, a good day to die. I'm going to do it. You know, let's see what happens tomorrow. Oh my gosh. I could pick your brain all day, man. All right. So listen, I'm out of time today, though. The, uh, the movie is uh, produced by uh, 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 Breaking Glass Pictures. It's being released in the United States this October. I Googled it to find the trailer. Oh. Uh, the battle for our uh, eco terrorists, the battle for our planet. It's you can find it. I'm sure it's uh, it's all over the place, right? You said Google, Amazon. Yeah, they set up a bunch of stuff here: Amazon Instant Video, Google Play, uh, Voodoo. <laughs> I hope that's a place and not a religion. It's a place. Saying uh, Dango now, Directv. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so a lot of places. I hope you enjoy it, and it should give. I hope it opens a conversation that we all can play a part. We can't, you know, you know, hope that somebody's going to jump in and do it. They're not. It's up to us. That's great. I appreciate that. Well, Peter, thank you so much for being here tonight, uh, today. I really appreciate it. And um, I want to uh, thank your uh, your people, your PR people for getting My you. people, Ron Haber. Ron, thanks, Ron. Lon, Lon Haber. He's Lon, a good friend. And Lon. Okay. He's the best. Yeah, thanks, Lon. And um, so I want to let all of you know, I'm always interested in what you have to say. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to uh, let us know about the show, of course, post them on Facebook if you'd like, or, and you can look us up at Voices of Courage on Facebook, or of course you can go to our website, voicesofcourage.us, and you can get all of our replays there. Again, then you can become part of our insiders group. And what else do I want to say? I think that's about it. Amazing show. Peter, again, thank you for uh, the amazing show. And uh, look forward to uh, seeing all of you on our next show. Take care. Thanks for joining us for Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And we're always interested in what you have to say. So follow Ken on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or email your questions and comments to viewer at voicesofcourage.us. Also, you can find all of Ken's previous shows by visiting voicesofcourage.us. Be sure to join us next time as Ken brings more stories of courage that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. Until next time, live courageously and see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. This has been Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster.